Hi everyone, welcome to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. This is Dan Cho, Managing Director of Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine in Toronto. And in this episode, we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, Dr. Zara Kassam is a radiation oncologist in Newmarket, Canada, and she is a plant-based doctor. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about her journey as a doctor to plant-based eating and touch on sort of the acceptance of plant-based eating within the medical community. So Dr. Kassam, thank you so much for joining us in this episode. And to get things started, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, uh, your practice, and kind of your journey as a, to becoming a medical doctor? Well, thank you, first of all, for inviting me to be on this po- podcast. I know of the amazing work that you guys are doing, so uh, I'm honored to be here with you today. So as you said, I'm a radiation oncologist. I work mainly at uh, the Stromach Regional Cancer Centre in Newmarket. I'm cross-appointed at uh, the Princess Margaret Cancer Centre, and um, I'm an assistant professor at the University of Toronto in the Department of Radiation Oncology. My main areas of practice are in uh, breast cancer and gastrointestinal malignancies. So, Dr. Kassam, how um, how did you start becoming interested as a doctor in plant-based eating and lifestyle medicine? Was that like did you get interested before you became a doctor, or was that something that happened during that time in medical school or after? So, I feel like I came to it pretty late in the day because I. I qualified as a medical doctor way back in 1995 and um, really had no thought about uh, the healthful aspects of a plant-based diet. I was, I have been vegetarian for many years from an ethical point of view and about 2013 I started educating myself more really from the ethical aspects um, and in my reading I found that the uh, practices in the meat and dairy industry were all equally um, cruel and that as an ethical um, vegetarian, it really was uh, inconsistent for me not to then become a vegan. Mm. So really my journey to plant-based eating from a healthful point of view came initially from the ethical aspects of it. And I was very, I, I am extremely lucky that my two sisters um, independently but serendipitously uh, with some synchronicity we came to this uh, realization together at the same time so I have a, a lot of support within my family and my parents have also subsequently gone vegan but at that time during my research I was astounded to find that there was such a large body of evidence going over many decades which consisted of really good evidence, large epidemiological studies, interventional studies, randomized control studies showing the benefits of plant-based nutrition in preventing and reversing chronic disease. And, and as you and your listeners are aware, we are in the midst of an epidemic of um, non-communicable disease and our incidence and our prevalence of cardiovascular disease of cancer is incredibly high and those are the two leading causes of premature death that mm-hmm. impact our families, impact our communities. So right. I really came from it from an ethical point of view, but then this just blew wide open this area that I had not been educated in previously. And knowing that, it became really important to me to educate myself further. And I, you know, I'm continuously educating myself and, and learning, and I, I want to be able to 
pass that on to my patients um, and to my colleagues. Yeah, I find it um very interesting. You know, we came at it at plant-based eating from more of a health point of view initially, but the mm-hmm. more people I talk to, so many come from, come from from an ethical point of view first. It seems um, right. Yeah, so I I think that's your journey as well. So then, you know, in medical school, uh, you're saying so th- you're saying that you came across plant-based eating, the ethical side of things, after medical school? Is that right? That's right, and and certainly not in my medical school training, not in my specialty training, not really anywhere. And Mm. as you know, in the medical profession, we're trained very much in a mechanistic way. You see a disease, you treat the symptoms of medications or procedures, and there's much less emphasis on, on prevention. And in the oncology world, which is my world, prevention is mostly about screening Mm. and even though it's recognized that diet and obesity and exercise and other lifestyle factors are important, there really is not that much emphasis placed on it, either in our education or, or in our practice. So I've heard that in some medical schools, they almost get like only a few hours of nutrition training. Is that sort of was the case for you as well? Absolutely. And in fact, there was a, just, just recent, I think it was just last week, um, there was an opinion piece in the Journal of American, the American Medical Association, so a very well-respected journal, um, stating that, that nutrition education is virtually absent in medical school residency training and practice. So this is a huge thing, a huge aspect that needs to be corrected. Now, Dr. Sam, you're, you said you're a professor at the University of Toronto, um, and you work at Saint, uh, Princess Margaret, which is a big teaching hospital. Do you think that it's shifting now, the integration of nutrition in medical education? I really don't, no. Oh, wow. Um, I think a lot of work needs to be, to be done. There is, you know, there is work being done. I, I don't want to say that there is not. You know, there are um, nutrition experts at the University of Toronto who are doing work in that area, but I think more needs to be done. So, uh, Dr. Kassam, what is your sense of the general acceptance of plant-based nutrition among your uh, medical doctor colleagues so you know when you talk about it do they kind of accept it as like a good thing like plant-based nutrition is good or do you find that there's resistance i i think you know plant-based nutrition in general has not found its way into the standard treatment repertoire of of practitioners Mm -hmm. my place of work is no exception to that and i think number one is that uh, our healthcare profession, our medical doctors are not educated. So, first of all, they are not aware of, of that aspect, and that needs to change. The second aspect of it is that, um, you know, we all come from our own social norms and our own cultures, and mm. we have the same barriers as anybody else does in in changing our behaviours. So if we're not educated, we have the same human um, flaws. It, it's very difficult to change people. And mm. So there needs to be some systematic um, work on that. And then the third aspect of it is that even for people who do understand the importance of lifestyle, which includes the plant-based nutrition, exercise, not smoking, not drinking, or all those aspects that we know about, the way the system is set up, there really is very little time to counsel our patients on, on these aspects. Mm. Our resources are limited, our time is limited, 
Um, and many doctors don't see that, that as their role. They see their role as doing what they were trained for, which is to deliver the chemotherapy, to deliver the radiation. Mm. And beyond that, many doctors don't feel it's their role to do the, the lifestyle coaching. Mm. So whose role do they see it as? Is it like a dietitian, maybe, or fitness I, trainer? Sure. I think, first of all, probably they don't even think about that aspect. And oh, okay. those that do may consider it the dietitian's aspect to do that. But certainly that in my center, we have, we have two amazing dietitians, but they can't see everybody for healthy lifestyle sure. discussions. They see people for you know, managing their weight loss, managing them so that our patients can actually get through the important treatment. So there is no space to counsel our patients on lifestyle within our day-to-day practice. You know, there's um, there's so many stories now of how plant-based nutrition is transforming people's lives. Like you just see those documentaries that have come out, uh, so many, um, uh, showing the stories of how people have gone on a plant-based diet and, you know, really help them manage or even reverse all these diseases. So when a doctor hears like stories like that, it's, at least to me, it seems pretty compelling. But what is your sense of some of the reactions to that in the medical field? Do they, is it like inspiring to them? Or do they sometimes, do they kind of see it as like skeptical? Like what is, um, I, yeah. I think that most, I think a lot of patients don't share that information because they, come with the preconceived idea that their doctors are not going to be open to it. And I think that is the case in, a, in, in many, um, in most practitioners. So even if people are inspired or, or take that on board, I don't know that there is a next step happening. And my impression is that there, is, there may be acknowledgement that that has an impact, but that doesn't seem to change behavior, not in not in my personal experience. Hmm. I see. Now, I know our medical director, Dr. George Cho, he uh, shared, shared with me one time that you know, your training as a, as a health professional really kind of shapes you, has a big influence on how you practice. And so, you know, going through uh, standard medical education, did you find it difficult when you kind of learn about plant-based eating and lifestyle medicine did you find it difficult to sort of integrate lifestyle medicine into your practice? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we've just said, there's no time set aside for it. Um, there's no real acknowledgement that that is so important in someone's journey to wellness after their diagnosis. Um, there is, actually, that is not true. There is an acknowledgement that there is a, there's an importance of lifestyle behaviors. Um, but there seems to be nothing in place to facilitate that. Uh, so in my mm. practice, I take that extra 10, 15 minutes where I can when I see my patients, uh, usually when I see them as at their first consult with me, when I have the most time with them, and I talk about the healthy lifestyle behaviors. I talk about nutrition, I talk about exercise, I talk about good sleep and stress management and all the things that we know about. And I, I hope that that 10, 15 minutes is enough to trigger people to go and do their own research. I give them the resources um, to look up. And I think, hopefully, I'm not underestimating the importance. I think we can help people even by introducing such a simple intervention as a 10 to 15 minute chat 
and then some physical resources to give them mm. and then try and empower them to take their health into their own hands. And I do say to them, you know, our role here in the hospital is very narrow. Ours is to deliver the treatments to you and the holistic aspect, really you have to take that on board for yourself mm. because at the moment there is nobody else who's going to do that for you. And, you know, self-empowerment, self-activation for patients is really crucial. It's, and I think we don't teach our patients that enough. Yeah, I think that's one of the uh, wonderful aspects of lifestyle medicine that really, that I find inspiring is that lifestyle medicine really empowers the people to take control Absolutely. of health in their own hands and not to be dependent. Absolutely. I totally agree. Great. So um, if there's like a health professional, uh, maybe like a young medical student who's listening to this podcast, who's interested in plant-based eating and lifestyle medicine wants to integrate that into uh, his or her practice, well, do you have any words for them on how, you know, as they think about that, you know, some steps that they can take or kind of just some words of encouragement? Uh, Absolutely. That would be amazing, and they can contact me directly even. But there are so many resources out there now to help uh, educate yourself. The American College of Lifestyle Medicine, uh, the Plantrition Project. Um, we have our Canadian Academy of Lifestyle Medicine here as well. Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, um, nutritionfacts.org. There are so many platforms now where you can educate yourself very easily it just needs that um the will and the time to do so and i'm happy to connect with anybody who would like to hear my journey or hear how i've gone about doing that and uh you know we share this podcast with many of our patients and you know to put it mildly the world of nutrition is very confusing um you know, there's so many different kinds of diets and options out there messaging uh, plant-based nutrition, uh, keto, et cetera, et cetera. So for, uh, you know, just a lay public, for trying to navigate all this information and confusion about nutrition, what are kind of some um, words of advice that you would have for them as they try to make the best decision on what to eat for uh, for their health? Absolutely. I mean, that's so important what you just said. So the, the key is to educate yourself and go to, uh, resources that are trustworthy and the ones that I just mentioned to you, um, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, NutritionFacts.org, uh, these are really good um, educational platforms to use. But, you know, it really is very simple. And if you come back to three main principles, whatever you're reading, come back to three main principles. The first is eat mostly plants. Number two, don't eat processed foods. Make your nutrition, a whole food nutrition, and thirdly, limit your saturated fats, and that means limiting your animal products. So if you come back to these three principles, um, and the, the literature thoroughly supports this. Yes. And the second piece of it is to educate yourself on what it is that influences the confusion that there is. Mm. And if you can educate yourself on that, you will be able to see Yes, in this situation, I see that it's industry causing this confusion. Mm. And we know that industry influences um, food guidelines, it influences government policy, it sponsors studies to put into that space and so confusion and doubt. Their marketing is fantastic. 
Uh, they will market anything as healthful when it is not. You know, words are very important and they're very good at using the right words that won't get them into trouble, but relay uh, the thought that their food is healthy. And media contribute to this. Don't listen to sensationalized media headlines. They want to increase their readership. Mm. They take a very superficial view of the latest study. They don't put it into context of the large body that has come of evidence that is there already, and they don't go into detail. So ignore sensationalized media uh, headlines. Educate Mm. yourself on where the influences come from. Um, But always come back to the basic principles, which really are common sense. Right. And um, self-evident, really. Eat plants, don't eat processed foods, and limit your saturated fats and animal products. I heard it said one time that the media almost always gets it wrong when it comes to nu- the latest nutritional science that they report <laughs> on. <laughs> now, you know, it, um, I really like how you're saying that these three principles are, are very simple and they're kind of common sense. And you were uh, referring to uh, food guides and sort of the food, uh, food industry's influence on them. What are your thoughts about the Canada's food guide? You know, uh, there's uh, it's very different, of course, and much more plant-based friendly, it would seem. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think it might influence maybe doctors and the, the, the medical community and helping them to maybe embrace or be more open to plant-based nutrition? Sure. I, I mean, I was so happy to see the recent update of the Food Guide. You know, Health Canada stood strong against industry influence mm. and um, they kept true to the science. And as you yes. said, they promote plant foods over animal-derived foods. It encourages uh, plant-based foods, encourages the consumption of protein from plant sources, advises you specifically to minimize processed meat, red meat, processed foods of all kinds. Um, They've taken away dairy and meat as essential food groups. And I would really encourage your listeners to look at that document, look at the food plate. Um, it's wonderful to see that half the plate is fruit and vegetables, yes. a quarter of it, of it is whole grains, and a quarter is a mixture of plant-based proteins. Uh, they do put the dairy and the meat in there, but they, they have made specific statements to minimize uh, animal products, and uh, I think it's wonderful. I really hope that that uh, will provide some guidance to physicians. And certainly I'm telling all my patients about the Canada Food Guide now and telling them to go and look at it um, with the resources, additional resources that I give them. So I was very happy to see that. Yeah, isn't it wonderful that we could actually now direct people to Canada's Food Guide <laughs> as a resource? That's <laughs> Right, I mean, it, it, it's amazing that it's only happened now that we can do that. Yes, yes. Great. So why don't we end off um, by talking about, you know, Dr. Kassan, you're leading in organizing a conference. I believe it's the first plant-based nutrition in medicine conference, I think, in uh, Canada or Toronto. Maybe can you share a little bit about that, when it is, who will be speaking, and how people can uh, learn more about it? Thank you so much uh, for bringing that up. Yes, we're very excited. So um, my, uh, you know, the, the Americans, have several plant-based nutrition conferences throughout the year. And really the big names in plant-based nutrition are from America. Mm -hmm. But there are 
there's a lot of work being done internationally in other countries as well. My sister Shireen from Plant-Based Health Professionals, she founded that organization and is the director of that. And she has organized many conferences in the UK, um, collaborating. Uh, she's an affiliate member of the British Society of Lifestyle Medicine there. In Australia, we see the same thing. And in discussions with my sister and having gone to her conferences in the UK, uh, we discussed that really there was no similar thing in Canada. And we decided uh, together that we would put on a conference here in Canada, and that's happening on the 1st of June at the Michener downtown Toronto, and we believe it's the first specifically plant-based nutrition conference in Canada, Mm. and it will highlight Canadian expertise, and we have a fully packed day of Canadian experts uh, coming to speak with us, and the Canadian Academy of Lifestyle Medicine has endorsed uh, our conference as well. So we're really excited about that. The Plantrition Project, uh, we've been talking to, to them and they are happy to endorse uh, the conference as well. Um, we have a whole day of talk looking at the impact of plant-based nutrition in diabetes, in cardiovascular health, in mental health. Our keynote speaker is the amazing Dr. David Jenkins from St. Michael's Hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, your listeners may uh, know him as he's the uh, uh, inventor, he he and his team, uh, of the glycemic index, which we all know. Uh, We have other talks from a dietitian uh, who is going to bust some of the common myths uh, that we come across. from colleagues every day about plant-based nutrition. We have a speaker talking about the environmental aspects of our food choices, which is, of course, incredibly important on Mm. environmental health, planetary health, and then in turn our own individual health. Um, And we have a a panel discussion where Dr. Larry Smith, Dr. Maria uh, Theodorou, uh, Dr. Jennifer Purdy, who are key in the Canadian Academy of Lifestyle Medicine, are going to lead that panel discussion on how to drive change on a local level, a national level, and an international level. So I think very important topics. Um, So do come and check us out. We are on the Eventbrite site. It's going to be very exciting, and we hope that this will be an annual event. Yeah, the list of speakers is amazing, and the program, the topics uh, look great. Um, So we'll put a link to the Eventbrite site on the podcast notes for uh, our listeners uh, to check out. Wonderful, thank you. Great, so Dr. Kassan, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us today. We really appreciate the work that you're doing leading lifestyle medicine and uh, plant-based eating uh, here in Canada. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. All right, and we would like to thank our listeners as well for uh, tuning in. Uh, as usual, you can subscribe to the podcast if you already haven't on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also uh, catch our episodes on YouTube. We also share them on our Facebook page and website as well, www.pathwaystowholeness.ca forward slash podcast. And if you do have a friend or family who you think could benefit from the simple yet powerful principles of lifestyle medicine, we encourage you to share this podcast with them. So thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, remember, your lifestyle is medicine.